Mercy, open your mouth. Spread your legs. Clear. Welcome to that dog in the yard, that yard talk. Today we got Leo from 183rd, the BX Barrel. You already know what it is, man. I know Leo since 1988. Me and Leo was on Ragged Island with my Conrad Dice. You know, he's been through some shit. You know what I'm saying? We've been through some shit. And uh, But with that being said, I want to get right into it, man. You already know, man. One time for your boy Leo, man, from the Bronx, 183rd. Let's get it. Your boy Pistol P in that yard talk. Man, I want to just take the time out to thank my guys up there, Jake and Ben, for doing an amazing job with this pen. This is that Dom CBD pen. These guys take their time doing this pen. It tastes great. They do them three different flavors, berry, mint, and mango. My favorite is berry, just to let you know, guys. You know, I know a lot of people out there dealing with pain, you know, dealing with anxiety, the way I deal with anxiety. And I'm telling you guys, it works for me. If you want to place your order today, you're more than welcome. Just hit up domecbd.co, punch in the code, dog in the yard, and you get your 15% off early. So for those people that's out there that's going through it right now and is stressed out in the house, that don't smoke marijuana, trust me, my brothers, this CBD pen does it all, man. Place your order today, man. It's your boy Pistol Pete, dog in the yard. You already know. When you're in that Tampa Bay area, make sure you reach out to my boy, Gus Torres, man. If you want anything that has to do with real estate, man, make sure you hit him up. You get the lowest prices and the finest houses, man. Trust me when I tell you. But don't forget to mention my name. You already know that Pistol Peter gets you that early discount. And that's my brother, man, Gus Torres. You already know, out in the Tampa Bay area. Make sure you hit him up, man. Sell, buy, invest, all that. Make sure you hit him up, man, because he focused with that out there. Tampa Bay, you already know, it's your boy Pistol, man. Get at me. You already know what it is, your boy Pistol P. And when you're in that Boynton Beach area, make sure you see my boy, man. If you're trying to get lined up, shaped up, and you need that privacy, make sure you see my boy, man, at that Private Head Studios, man, up in Boynton Beach, man. Gateway, man. And check out my boys up there, man. You know what I mean? They focus, man. My boy Herm, DJ, you know. They out there, you already know. It's super private, and it's exclusive. Most importantly, you already know it's your boy, Pistol Pete, Dog in the Yard. You already know what it is, Dog in the Yard, with your boy, Pistol Pete, Bronx legend. Today's guest, man, is my boy from the Bronx, 183rd. You know what I'm saying? They're 21 years, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, in the state, you know what I'm saying? In North Carolina, you know, in between, they're 21 years total, total together. Uh, He's been out since 2005. You know what I'm saying? Let's welcome to the show, man. Dog in the yard, my nigga Leo, man. What up, Lee? What's going on, man? Consencia. What's, What's going on, brother? How you been, man? Doing good, man. You know, blessed. Good, blessed, good, blessed, good. Blessed, man. A lot of um, transitions in my life, trying to stay focused, um, and just really trying to be just a guy in life for a lot of brothers coming home and young brothers caught up in the game. That's what I'm talking about, Lee, man. So, Leo, man, for those that don't really know too much about us and shit like that or about you, obviously they know a lot about me, but uh, the, the people that don't know about you, uh, Leo was on Rackers Island with me. I know Leo. Shit, we know each other for fucking more than 20-something years. 30, 30 years? Fuck. 88? Since, since 88, man. Yeah. We was on Rackers Island, man, for those that don't know. You know what I'm saying? Leo did 21 years, and... um. He's a straight-up guy. You know, he's out here. Been, he's been at home since 2005. Sure. You know, he accomplished a bunch of, you know, positive stuff that's helping the youth out, helping the people, in, you know, in sickness and stuff like that, you know, dealing with people with HIVs. And we're going to get a, it's, it's going to be a good uh, a, a good walk in the yard, you know, with my boy Leo, man. For those that don't know, that's an old picture of me and Leo, man, right there, C76 and Rikers Island. For those that don't know, uh, we was youngsters and shit right here, but we was holding it down. And she like, what you, what you think about that, Leo, when you look at that picture, like, shit. 
wild one up. Uh, Dice was telling me because I know he's a master of all flicks. He was like, I got a picture of us in Rikers. I was like, get the fuck out of here. You ain't got no pictures for Rikers. I'm thinking in my mind, 25, 30 years at, at best. And he sent it to me and was like, wow, look at that, man. You know how far we've come, right? Um, and it's a blessing that, you know, most of us in the picture, we still connected and, um, you know, that, that we still here. And that's what's important. Right? Exactly, exactly. Um, but definitely, it's definitely a throwback. I showed it to my kids, and they was like, Daddy, that's you? They was like, what the heck? You was young, Daddy? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You had a lot of hair then, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you was right. So, Leo, um, yeah. um, so you been home. How long you been home? Since 2005? Since 2005. And you went to jail for what? Uh, for murder and a possession of a firearm in the third degree. It got broke down to, to a man one. Okay, and you did total of what? On that case? Well, I did, I did first, I did... Uh, Almost four years in North Carolina for manufacturing a controlled substance, trafficking and conspiracy to traffic. And then in 88, I uh, got knocked off for a gun charge. And then later on, the homicide popped up. Okay, the homicide right. popped so, up. Okay, know. so you did total 21 years. Right, right. Okay, so you've been home since 2005. Yes, sir. Okay, let's just take it back to Rikers <laughs> Island. You know, the things that you experienced, you know, in 88, when you went to Rikers Island, your first experience going into the bullpens and your whole transition from being a man that's, you know, a free kid to going to jail, especially Rikers Island in those years. How was that for you, you know, for those that don't you know? know? It, it was traumatizing because although you hear all the, all the uh, war stories in the street and you hear all the war stories uh, 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 that... You know, others share with you. It's a different experience. Uh, you know, when we had got locked up, I was in the bullpen for like a whole week before you got, you know, uh, housed, and that was a common occurrence back then. Like you get locked up nowadays, you back you 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 in the unit in two or three days. When we was going through the system, they keep you in the bullpen. I'm talking about a hundred motherfuckers deep in the bullpen, smelling like shit, stinking like shit, and just there getting ready, taking uh, shit in the same in bullpen, the same bullpen, eating and everything like that. And then, you know, it, it was a, a, a doggy dog because, you know, in the process of that, dude just coming in, dude got jewelry, dude's got gun, I mean, uh, weapons, pardon me, drugs or whatever the case may be. Niggas was moving on them, and that's the way it was. Back then, there wasn't no gangs, you know? I mean, you had to really hold your own. So, you know, it, it was an experience. And basically, you know, then you touch down to Rackers Island, it's about the phones, time slot. You know, and you had to be a dude that be able to push that weight to get that respect, to get your slot time. And sometimes you had to bang somebody up, stab them, cut them, or whatever the case may be, just to hold it down. So then you also, you know, then you become part, part, part of the head of that house. Right? When you say, when you say, just for those people that are not familiar with time slot, right. you know, and all those terms, you know, just break it down a little bit for the youth. You know, for those that don't know the the the, the things that you had to, you know. Break it down and, and so they can understand for those, the, the language. Right. So what happens is that when you first go into a unit, right, um, there was, back then, there was, like, three phones. The free phone, which is basically a pay phone that anybody can use, but that also had a slot time. Then you had the black and Puerto Rican phone, the Spanish phone, whatever you want to be given it, right? At a particular time, you had to be able to have a slot, meaning it could be from, say, eight to 9, 9 to 9.30, or whatever the click the case may be. Um, a lot of times, you know, we kept the jack with us so that nobody get on those phones so there wasn't no misunderstanding. So Jack. The jack, the telephone. Okay. Right, pardon me, the jack, right. The telephone was called a jack, right. So basically, you know, you just couldn't come in the house uh, and, and just claim, your I need this slot, I need that slot. You either had to say, you step to somebody, if you was that dude that you pulled that wood, you get your slot. If not, you got to bang somebody off for it, pluck them out, and you don't know how that's going to turn out because you don't know how they manage this feeling or whatever the case may be. Everybody's always kind of clicked up even though there was no game, but there was dudes that ran the house or whatever the case may be. And if you don't fall in line with them, then your ass was out. And if you go for that phone, you might pluck one dude out, but the whole house is going to run you. I mean, they're going to rush you because that's just the way it was, it was going down. I didn't have that, mis that, that misfortune. Or, you know, I got mine. You know, I, I step when I would go to a house, dudes knew who I was, and I got, I was, God was giving my slot automatically, right? But that was because no dudes know that I put that work in and I'm ready to put that work in, you know, should, should, should it come down to You it. wasn't going for it. I wasn't going for it, right? And, you know, dudes knew what, what it was, right? In the streets and, and, and in the penitentiary, in, in Rikers, right? You know, you go from Rikers from building to building. I ran all the buildings back then. You know, that that's what we did. Say 76, 
All of 95, them. all of them, and then when, True. when we were there, you know, when dudes went to HDM, and I, and I witnessed this myself, I was in HDM, dudes didn't want to go to HDM. Mm. I literally seen dudes going to HDM, going in the bullpen and cutting themselves up because they didn't want to go in there. Or use someone's name to say, oh, I got beef with Pistol. Yeah. Don't even know you. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm just like, throw your name out there. I remember, I remember, I remember I, taking me back. I remember Depp Trap came to me. He was the Depp, the Depp of Security in you know, HDM. He was like, you do you know how many enemies you got? Because everybody that come in this building, a good percentage during the week time, at least ten of them are using your name. <laughs> Dudes from so, Brooklyn, because they would tell them like, yo, when you go to the building, tell them you need to go back to ninety five because you got beef with George Diaz, Leo, aye. right? So yeah. they was like, yo, how many people you got? <laughs> nah, right? So this is what it was, and so you know, it was a real hectic, you know, chaotic world. But one thing I would say that there was a lot of respect. There was a lot of respect, you know, and you had to earn it back then. Not like now because you with this or you with that. You really had to earn it, right? Um, you know, I, you know, to wear a watch back there, forget about a chain. Just yeah. wearing a watch was yeah. a problem. True. You know, a, a Casio, nothing, nothing. Oh shit, yo, let me hold that. True. Get backed up for it. So that's that's the that's the way it was. You know, weapons were rampant. You know, uh, we used to make homemade knives. I became a professional. I can make a knife out of anything. I can make a knife out of this. I mean, you know, that's what you learn in there because at the end of the day, um, you know, prison is a very traumatic experience. And when you live in that particular world, you're always thinking survival. You're always in a fight and fleet mode. And in order to survive that, you have to put your mind in a survival mode, right? I've learned that people who have been incarcerated for long periods of time, they develop what I call the Robin Eye Syndrome. And even to this day, I know all of us have it whenever you're walking down the street. You checking to see what maybe you, you even before sense you get shit. the corner, you you looking. You know what I'm saying? You can sense shit. You could you you could read shit. You could read shit, and that hasn't. I've been home 14 years, hmm. right? And I still, when I enter a place, when I'm going out, I still do that. Absolutely, right? I agree. Me and too. Yeah. So you know, it's it's just that part of experience that you live with and you never shared, right? But going back to Rikers Island, it was a traumatic experience because you know your best man could flip on you today just because for whatever. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know. So what kind of experience, what, what are the things that you experienced when you was in there as far as like the trouble you got into besides well, the phone? Like, you know, he, tell me about anything that you can remember from those days that, that to this day, 30 years later, you like, you know what? Wow, I seen this happen. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay, so this is, uh, I don't really want to mention any names, but I just kind of... It's fine. You didn't got to mention no man. Right. So this goes uh, to a founder of like a great group right now. Mm-hmm. Right? We was in... Uh, HDM, okay, block, uh, a five block, and uh, you know a race riot broke out, but it wasn't really with us; it was more with the Dominicans. But you know we Spanish, so you know we we fought in, in into the into the melee too. It just started going crazy. I mean, you know at that time they have HDM had three tiers, only two tiers were operable. Okay, a week before that big escalation happened. Um, the third tier open. So you have people running around stabbing each other, jumping off the third tier. Um, it was just like a chaotic scene. And the police, they were, they had no control. They didn't, you know, when the first couple of people got stabbed, the ride squad is inside. They didn't have the Ninja Turtles back then. Okay. They had the regular, you know, uh, uh, response team. When they come in, it was like nothing because, I mean, dudes are still getting stabbed and dudes are running up and down. My man had got hit too, Dino, God bless him, and he had nothing to do with it. So it was just kind of like a really chaotic scene. Did he die? No, 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 he lived. God bless him. Okay. But, you know, it was just happening in, in, in that that moment of craziness. Um, you know, even though you read about it and you hear about it, to see a whole block just going off. Dudes running up and down, dudes that you broke bread with. You know, you what was get, the what was what was the problem about? So like, what, the problem what, what, what escalated to so that? So what happened? It was about house domination. Um, you know, some brothers felt that they didn't want you know some other people making weapons and stuff like that. So there was a policy against it. So when you came into the house, you can't come in here with no weapons. You can't make no weapons. So this particular new dudes that had came into the block, they got caught making weapons. And they stepped on you. Became you can't be making no weapons on me because they just came into the block. So, you know, they step to them, they let them know that you can't be making no guns in here, you know. We got this, we, we hold the house, any problems, pal. So it was kind of like a situation that tried to de-escalate it, but those particular individuals said, like, fuck it, we're going to do it on the slide anyway. Mm-hmm. So they got caught making guns, and the shit just popped off. It just went crazy, you know. Um, I think, like, five people got stabbed, two or three dudes jumped off, broke their leg. I mean, wow. the shit was like a movie, bro. It was like 
uh, that blood in, blood out shit, that shit is just going crazy, put yeah. that in your head. And I've never experienced that. You know, I'm a young man. I was like, and I'm running around stabbing shit and like, yo, what the, yo, you yeah. know, like, it's crazy because it's your heart is racing. You're not thinking, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, so that was that. And then ultimately, you know, the next day they try to arrest me. Because, you know, they basically was pointing out who was involved in it. The whole fucking house was involved in it, man. If you wouldn't even wasn't in it, you was in it. Um, so basically, um, so, so that had transpired. So they came the next day, they bagged me up and they sent me out to Bronx County. That was my that was my end of my run in, 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 on Ragged Island. Nah, nah, you, you know. That's it, we kicking you out of Ragged Island. Kicking you out of Ragged Island. So they took you to the Bronx house. They took me to the Bronx house after that. And after that, what? Um, so after that, you know, I had so much beef, man, that um, when I got, when I, you know, I got to Bronx County, like, everybody wanted to eat my food, man. Everybody was just like, you know, dudes heard different parts of the story from cowards, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, this, he did this to me, he did that to me. I was like, yo, I'm here by myself, man. It is what it is. So one time I was going to the visit room, old, old timer uh, um, from Watson, uh, old, old timer chair. Right. Love him to death. God bless him. He passed away. I was in the visiting room, and when I get to the visiting room, I see niggas transforming. Little whispering, whispering there. And I have my ox, a razor blade, right? Okay. In my property. And when I seen what was going on, I tried to get my bucket, because you know, when you go to the visiting room, you have to go in and back then it was uh, jumpsuits and you had to turn in your property into the buck into the bucket. So I had my ox in, 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 in my sneakers. So I was like, oh shit. Let me get my shit, you know, because I know it's going to pop off and niggas ain't going to catch me, you know, on strap. When I get to get my property, the dude that, the, the, that was working with the, with the property, he didn't want to give me my shit. So I knew what it was. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So I said, fuck it. I stood next to the garbage can and that's what it was. But slowly but surely, they started calling dudes out. And old, old man Chell came. Okay. And he was like, ah, oh, you know, I told him what happened. I was like, yo, I got mad beef in this building. My nigga's going to go down today, you know? So he told me what happened. I kind of told him a couple of incidents that I had. I was like, man, fuck them niggas, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he kind of squashed it for me, but it was a point that it was getting ready to get crazy for me, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, um, so so it was a little chaotic. It was a little chaotic, It was yeah. a little chaotic. So um, they, they, from there, you went up north? Yeah, I went up north. <clears throat> I went up north. I went to Comstock, and uh, I was up there, got a, uh, went to, was, uh, and at that time, they had D-Block, which was transportation. True. That was a whole different world, man. You know, they didn't even have the cages yet, right? You know, they started making the cages letters on as 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 a as a control factor. But right. really, I think they started making the, the the cages so that they could isolate dudes, so they could just go in and watch it. Because that was my experience anyway. So I went to Comstock. I came back down a year later for an open case, and I went to ninety five. Pops off, so I get to ninety five, and dudes don't want to give me no slot. I just came from up north, so I here I am again. So you know, I've been going for like a year, so my name's ain't ringing no more. So sure enough, I get there. They don't want to. I got there like at the night time. Okay. Like yo, I got to let my family know that I just came down. Nah, you know, a slot. Ask this person. All right. So you know what happened the next day, right? I banged out. I grabbed the phone and bust a nigga in the head. I ain't had no. I ain't had a jump off yet because I was in my in in, in my cell. When you say jump off, what you mean? You know, I didn't. I didn't have a a, 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 a weapon. A, a weapon. I didn't have a shank with me. An ox. A, a razor blade. So I grabbed the phone and the dude that was running the phone. And I bust him in the head in the phone. You know, they took me up out of there. Everybody jumped me after that. You yeah, know of course. Saying? But it was yeah, all yeah. good because it was all right. Nobody get the phone down. Nobody get the fuck phone. That's right. Fuck I can't you know, get no get, fucking yeah, slot I can't time. Get no slot time. And Nobody I can't get the it. Do have put it down in the morning? It was like eight o'clock in the morning. I was like, this is the day. Fuck it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I, just, I when I grabbed the tú no puedes toma. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And we started riding. The motherfucker just boom, boom. Listen, I'm by the bubble, man. Fuck that. And who was jumping you? Like the Spanish whole house? Dude. Yeah, Spanish yeah, the Spanish dude. dude. I'm yeah. Puerto Rican motherfucker, man. Spot of my French, <laughs> but I think back to that shit. Nigga, like, you know, you seen I'm coming down in green. And you know what, Leo? It's yeah. so crazy because I experienced something like that too. <laughs> I was like, I was, yo, niggas I, don't know the fuck I am, man. I, like, I experienced that shit too. I went tonight, I was in 95 and I fucking, um, I was in 95 and I was downstairs in 1A some fucking weird. And it was like, yo, go upstairs, had all my all my homies and shit from the hood. Yeah. You know, brothers and shit from yeah. the hood. They was like, yo, Pete, come upstairs with us and all that. But I was downstairs, I was like, I'm good, I got the Man. phone, I'm rocking, nigga. We good. That's my house. Yo, come upstairs before we go up top. We ain't staying here forever, nigga. Come you no know, go yeah, up here yeah. before we go go up north. I was like, all right, cool. 
I went up there with the niggas and shit, and, and, and the shit escalated real quick. Like, I went up there, I was like, yo, it was like, yo, Pete, you got like an eye on the phone? I was like, hell no, nigga. I, I jerk off on one <laughs> fucking, <laughs> one joint. You know what I'm saying? I be one hour on, on one joint, and then another hour would call another. Yeah. You already know we was on that phone that's thing. It, it. So I'm like, I can't live like that. So they was like, I was like, well, listen, I know that y'all consider me your brother. Mm-hmm. Consider me black, we all from the same hood. Yeah, yeah. But I'm Spanish, niggas, so I'm waking these niggas. These niggas got to give me some, I'm that Spanish phone. Yeah. Anyway, I woke niggas up. Yo, my man, you run the phone? Yo, what's up, papa? Yo, go ahead, telephone. Okay, them, okay. Them niggas came. They yeah. transformed. We banged out. We banged yeah. out. We closed the whole fucking unit That's it. That's and all it. that. Nobody got the phone, and I was like, fuck it. Nobody get the phone. But I know how, you know, yeah. it gets crazy once, once real quick. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, you know, when we was coming up, you had to do that. You there was to. no option. You couldn't go to your police and you couldn't go to your... Not, I didn't have no man because I didn't know nobody. All them niggas was new to me. But you couldn't go to somebody, oh, you I can get on the phone now, nigga. Make it happen however you can. Well, you know what? The, the, the free time is from 9 to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Free yeah. time. Free time. Fuck you mean free time? Oh, well, that's the regular phone you can get on. No, I don't do those, Baba. I don't do those. All right, Tato. Yeah, but nigga hooked the phone up and it was right. So you oh, banged the, after that. So you went up top. Yeah, I went back up top for that. Right. And and so when you went up top, you was in Comstock. How long? I was in Comstock from uh, for about two years to like ninety. Yeah, no, and actually two years, right? Because I went up in ninety. Okay. Um, I went up in ninety, finally took care of my case, and I stood there for two years. And okay. I went to the box for some other shit, fighting and whatever the case may be, but that was one of the. Uh, 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 Best things that happened to me, and I'm gonna tell you why. I was in the box, and uh, there was an old timer. I don't know, you might know him, Pinto, old timer mm. man from the barrio. That dude, I gave him so so much respect. So we was in the yard, and I has I had a beef with somebody. You know, we was beefing over dumb shit. You know, right. So you know, I'm going and I'm telling my man the Spanish, oye que mañana ya tú sabes lo que So the police caught wind of it, and they didn't let me out. They didn't let me out the next day. Cell didn't open. My cell didn't open, and I was like, yo. I signed out for 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 the yard. I signed out for the yard, and they didn't let me out. Said, "Yo, you your shit ain't opening." So Pinto was right next door to me, and he started dropping some jewels on me. He was like, "You know, you was a real smart dude, man." And I hear how you talk, and I hear how you talk about your daughter, yada yada yada, and how these dudes listen to you, man. Like these dudes are getting ready to catch a new bid for you, and you're real influential. You need to do something with your life, bro. So I'm thinking about who the fuck, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, this nigga had 15 years in already, you know what I'm saying? I only had so, like a so, so he had 15 years, and he t- he starts to kick some juice. Some juice to me, you know? And, you know, I'm thinking, like, I'm going to pluck this motherfucker out in the morning, but you know how it was? You fuck with one of these old-timers, you got beef with all the old-timers. That's the way it was, and he Hell was yeah. a recognized dude. So I was kind of getting plexed behind that. Like, who the fuck are you? you? You a grown man like me telling me something, you know? But I, I listened. I listened. And, you know, no one has ever told me that, that there was potential. That he saw something in me that nobody else, and you know, I mean, even though I was, you know, so big drugs in the street, and I was that nigga in the street, no one ever sat down and told me like, "Yo, you have a lot of potential in yourself. You have a lot of influence. You have a lot of leadership qualities." Nobody ever stopped to tell me that. Now here it is, in the box, this dude that I just met in the box, old timer, tells me this. So that started working. That on shit me. is real, though, Leo. That shit is real, bro. That shit is real. I ain't gonna man. lie. You know why? Because that's how I got put together. A motherfucker. I went to the box. Two see? years, and the motherfucker I never seen just whispered through his window. Like, you can't see him. Right, right. Yo, what's up, man? You all right, man? Yo, young blood, what's up? I'm like, what the fuck is that, nigga? My name is Pistol. You calling me young blood and all that. What's good? Right. Yo, I'm Shorty Watt from the Low East Side. What's up, bro? You know what I'm saying? Yo, man, calm down, man. You need some literature? need something to read? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I was like, man, I'm, I don't even know how to read, bro. He was like, what? He was like, hold up, man. We got we to talk, man. And... That's how I got educated. He came to send me books, what you want to interested in. I would like to know who I am, my history, how yeah. I became about. And that changed my life, man. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. So, you know, I had a similar thing. So, me and old time, I started kicking it, yada, yada, yada. He told me, you got any education? I got a GED. I caught that when I was in the, um in, in North Carolina. And, I, you know, I caught that, you know, in North Carolina. They wasn't doing anything. Plus, I, was, I wasn't thinking. I couldn't get back to the street to sell some drugs any fucking way. Yeah, at that point. At that point in my life, right? This is 19, you know, I got arrested in 1983 in North Carolina. I was in the weed game before anybody was talking. I was growing that shit, you know what I'm saying? Growing and manifesting traffic. And Lord, told me that I got, I got hemmed up. So, you know, when I came home in 86, the streets was open. You know, the dope game was, poof, 
flourishing. The crack game was flourishing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it got kind of crazy. But so anyway, so I talked to the old timer. We back in the box. And he started laying it on me, you know, yada, yada, yada. So I got a time cut from the box. So he tells me, you know what? They're getting ready to start the college program. This is Sigmore University in Comstock, a university without walls. So he said, you should look into that, man. I was like, yeah, all right. So the next day, they let me out. The next day, so they let me out the next day. The, the, next, the following day after that, they're going to start the college program. So as I'm living, Pinto tells me, yo, I want to hear that you signed up for school, bro. So I was like, nigga, I'm trying to go to the yard to smoke some weed and shit. You know what I'm saying? I try to hear that. Smoke some Hell cigarettes. Yeah. I try to hear that shit, but I was like, yeah, all right. That shit happened to me, too. I came yeah. out the box. It was like, my man, go to school, bro. Yeah, I yeah. I was like, you know what? Let me go, man. Finish right, this shit. Get right. this GED real quick. So I go. I sign up. Them niggas accept me. Okay. I was like, oh, shit. I'm banging it out in the school. But the trick to it is, is that, you know, they couldn't see a gangster nigga like me going to school with the books. So I was in the porter. To the school with my books. You okay. take that shit to the school and bring it in. And when I would leave the school, take that shit to the yard. That kind of had a funny situation because one day I was in school, maybe like about five or six months already. One day the porter didn't come back, didn't um, didn't come out to the yard. So I had to take my books to the fucking yard. And niggas started wrecking on me. Yo, ah, oh, you fucking fake ass gangster. Yeah, you got you running around with the books now. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because then the next day, like, yo, how's brothers is asking me, yo, how's that college shit? Oh, yo, it's good, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm learning shit, yada, yada. Motherfuckers started signing up. You know See what I'm what saying? Happened? See? Motherfuckers started signing up. I'm still, you know, wilding now, you know, running in the yard, you yeah. know, selling drugs, you know, getting money, you know, because that was what I did in jail. I saw I made money, right? And I'm still keeping we gonna my We're going to get floor. to that. All right, all right. So, you know, so I'm doing my thing and going to school. I'm loving it. I get PK'd out. But it was a good P. Oh, PK is, uh, it's when they basically... You're getting into too much stuff or they have to kind of minimize the amount of activity that you have in jail. So they move you. They call it PK draft. I forgot what the what the initial stands for, what the acronym, but we know it as a PK draft yeah, where yeah, they yeah. just snatch you up and you go. Midnight, they just snatch Midnight, you up. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. I mm-hmm. was in my cell. I was expecting a visit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is like Friday, Saturday, Saturday morning, one o'clock. Let's go. Matter, I didn't even pack my shit. They took me to the draft room and sent my shit to me. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, they packed it up for you. They, they packed it up for me. So I, I was stressed. I don't know where I was going. Nigga, they sent me to Sing Sing. <laughs> That's the wrong place to send me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so they sent me to Sing Sing. Um, you know, as soon as I got there, doing calling people, whatever the case may be, you know, B-Block was off the chain. Bronx was deep. You know what I'm saying? Bronx Dice was there. Um, forget, it was like a like a... I want to say come a home, reunion, a reunion. It was like a reunion. Oh man, niggas was there. We had like a mad posse in in in, in, uh, in, in B block, right? So you know, but I, the thing is that I continued to go to school. They had a college program there too. Good I shit. signed up. Was still going to school. Um, you know, getting involved, learning more about myself. Got really involved into my my my, my history. Uh, so I was kind of kind of like becoming like a scholar. Okay. In prison, basically, brothers seen that, you know, I was doing the little dirt, but at the same time, I maintained myself in, in, in school. Um, so, ultimately, the college program was closing. So, I wound up getting my associates and my bachelor's in Mercy College while I was in Sing Sing. In 2095, the college program got shut down, right? So, I was kind of rushing because I was like, damn, like, I'm getting ready to finish this shit. And I really, I really just wanted to get my bachelor's, but it was in danger of not completing. So, I went ahead and I got my associates because I had my, I had enough credit to get that. So, you went and got your associates? I got my associates, but I also was, during the time that the change came, it was, it was closing. I had one more semester. In completing that semester, I was able to graduate the following year with my bachelor's in behavioral. And uh, I have a, 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 a bachelor's in a behavioral science with a man in concentration in sociology. Yo, let's give it up to my boy Leo, man. Oh, for, no, it gets for, better than that. It for, gets better than that. Let's get, let's get it. Go ahead, it Leo. Better. So, you know, I'm still wilding out. I'm, 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 I'm living the curse, you know, yeah. one foot in, one foot out. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it, it's kind of crazy. I was hard into the yard. You know, I'm, I'm a beast, not a beast. I used to be a beast on the weight pile. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, they used yeah. to call me Pitbull because I was that dude. I mean, I was benching like 410. Squat was like 650. Killing them, Leo. I was break. I wasn't, you know, in the state. 
doing that powerlifting shit. That was my shit. That and money. Yeah, me too, Leo. In me too. Yard. Yeah, yeah, I love too. that shit. You know? I went and got all dots, a bunch of plaques. Yeah, they, cut. Know, I was smashing them. Smashing shit. Niggas didn't know. Niggas like, like, how the yeah. fuck this guy doing 315, 20 that's times? It. That's it. Oh, see? I was telling somebody else, nigga, I used to take 225 and like 30. Oh, yeah. Now I could do that shit now. I can't. I don't know. I don't work at a city. I'm all fucked up now. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I'm doing that, you know, still wilding now, whatever they kiss me, but still doing my education. Uh, so what happens in 2000, no, 96, they have a master's program in, um, in Sing Sing. Oh, before that, I was involved in all type of programs. I was involved in the first PACE program in Sing Sing, which was basically an educational program about HIV and AIDS, right? Okay. So basically, you know, of course, uh, the prison population was a very high at-risk group, and a lot of brothers in there had it. Uh, prior to the PACE and prior to the awareness that HIV had gotten, brothers who had it were being ostracized. Like, nobody didn't want to fuck with them. Nobody didn't want to touch it them. It was cast out. It was cast out. And that was a sad thing because these was our brothers, right? True. You know, ultimately things changed. So we started getting an educational program in there. So I was overseeing the uh, the PACE program in, in, uh, uh, um, in, in Sing Sing. I became certified. I became uh, certified by the Department of Health as a peer educator. I ran symposiums in there. I taught classes, and I was the first one also in the state that got that got certified as what they call a, a breaking barriers instructor. So that was a a, a a conflict resolution process, but they basically call it a cognitive behavioral therapy, which okay. it kind of focuses on if you change the way someone thinks, you can change the way they act, right? Mm. So I was the first one in the state that in the state that got a, 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 um, certified certified to do that. So then fast forward, all that's happening. Um, I, I signed up for the college program, for the master's program, right? And it's funny because I was Julio Medina, the, ex, the director of Exodus. Yeah. I was with him this morning, and I was talking to him about it. So when I first signed up for the program, they hadn't told the, who was be the equivalent of a dean that they didn't want me in class with them because I was a problem, I was a drug dealer, I was an extortion artist, I was a gangbanger. Yeah. Right? So Julio told me, he was like, yo, bro, they don't want you in the program. I was like, dude. Come on, man. Like, I really need this, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got you got to push me. So he went and he talked to Bill Weber. God bless him. Great, great dude, man. Old timer, but he was just a beast. Worked from his heart. Really created a program for us to increase um, the likelihood of us succeeding. So he created this master's program in, in, in Sing Sing. So he went to Bill Weber and he told Bill Weber, like, listen, you know, like this guy, you know, he's the best shot. You know, he's saying all these things they're saying about him. They're not true. So Bill was like, I want to meet him. So I go meet Bill Weber. He told me, everything they saying about you, how much of it is trusted, all of it is true. But I ain't in no gang. Because they told me that I was a gang leader, that I was selling drugs, that I was yeah, destroying yeah, yeah. people. I was, everything they told you was true. Mm -hmm. I ain't in no gang, though. All that other shit. So he told me, you in. Because I was honest with him, right? Yeah. So lo and behold, I guess the way things worked out, I couldn't make the 96, 97 class because I got caught in another prison riot in the baseball field. <laughs> shit is crazy. What happened with that? So what happened is, you know, we playing, we playing baseball. My man uh, from the body, love him to death. You know, he slid, and the dude that was playing uh, uh, second base smacked him with the glove. So when we went to Stetum, shit just got crazy. Bats came out, I got cracked in my head. I mean, it was just like it was like some movie shit, bro. It was crazy. You know? Shit just went off. It just went off, man. Right. Uh, so you know, again, I'm back in the box, again. Back at SHU, yes sir. Yes, Special sir. housing unit. Special housing unit, definitely, man. Uh, it's 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 sad. And you know, back then, there wasn't most of the individuals, you know, do shitting people down. When you walk into the box, the box smells like shit and piss. Sad, sad environment, right? And the police kind of really fed into that because they would feed that shit to these motherfuckers, you know. How you? Uh, not right. to cut you off. I, I let's go back. How you was as far as the, the, the drug transactions? Which, with, how, how you was maintaining on that? Like how you oh, was doing man. that when you was you know like doing that in school and you going yeah. back. Yeah. So so what happened? It was like you know I have I have my workers, man. <laughs> I have my workers. I had niggas on the block. You know I I, I could have fucked with it because I knew I was hot already. You feel me? True. And then I was working in the visiting room. So you know that you already know I'm oh. working in the visiting room. So like that 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 that. He was that. the nicest guy. Yes sir. Yes sir. So you know. Um, that's the way I was managing it, and you know, from from uh, 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 from today to arrest, man, to the day I went home, I, I still slinging. You know and what you was doing at the uh, what, what was your job title at the visiting room? So at, at the visiting room, I, I used to work for the uh, for Osmond Association. I used to basically uh, it's like a welcoming center for families. It was a really great program where you know your family will come in. We give them cards. We have arts and crafts for the kids. 
you know. You be taking care of the kids, basically? Yeah, I did care. that. Yeah, yeah. So I took care of the kids. Uh, working. This was under the hospice. I didn't know the Osborne. name of that shit. Yeah, so I, well, Osborne Association. There was the, it was called the Family Center. Family Center. You know, and along with them, I started a domestic violence program on the Osborne when I was there because, okay. um, you know, domestic violence is, is, I think it was a huge, it's a huge thing for us coming from where we come from and not really having an understanding what a relationship is supposed to be between man or woman or anybody that you have, right? Mm -hmm. And because a lot of us come from that single parent we don't know what the other side of the spectrum is, right? I mean, you know, when I was coming up, I couldn't wait to beat a chick up because that's what I saw. Mm -hmm. I thought that was what that's what made me a man until my mom found out about whip my ass. I'm a grown ass fuck. She whipping my ass. What the fuck you doing? I ain't teach you that, right? So now I'm in prison and I start looking like how these young men deal with their relationships and then working in the children's center, talking to women and stuff like that. I approached my boss. I said, Yo, we got we got to bring some awareness to this. So long, long behold. They gave me the green light. I had a great uh, a boss. He was a civilian. He was also a domestic violence instructor in the street. So I said, let's make it happen. So we made it happen, you know, in there. Just trying to bring awareness, you know? So you um, lost all that when you went to the box for that ride? Yeah, 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 yeah. I lost that. But, you know, I came back out. No, the shit is that I went to the box and I beat it. I don't know how. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I mean, of course I got convicted. They gave me 180 days. Um, Like four months later, shit got reversed. You know okay. what I'm saying? And, you know, keeping it real, like... The police know I do. I did my shit, but they respected me. You know what I'm saying? Like I didn't disrespect them. You know they didn't disrespect me. You know, and 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 there was a level of respect among both of us, right? I mean, one time I got caught bagging in my cell, had 15 grams. I'm telling my man, I'm gonna say his name because he's my man. I love him to death, Papa. We had some crazy motherfucking chocolate back then, and I was like, let's smoke that shit later because I need to. I need your eyes right here. Now I want to smoke. I want to smoke. The nigga smoking, niggas dope. I'm bagging up, and the nigga let the police walk up on me. The police was cool with me. He was like, "Yo, you gotta give me that." I was like, "Nah, man, that ain't going down. I ain't you giving you this, this nigga. Thing. You, I respect you, nigga, but listen, you ain't getting this. You know what I'm saying?" So he walked away. He had a talk. He was, "I got a lot of respect with you. Don't ever disrespect me again." What jail was this? Sing Sing. This okay. this was in our P companies. I remember my soul, six P six forty seven A block. You wow. know what I'm saying? I was bagging the nigga back because, you know, I got to drop it before the yard drop. You know what I'm saying? The nigga's just waiting like, yo, he got it and I'm bagging shit up. Nigga had the police walked up on me, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, but the police respected me, you know what I'm saying? I mean, of course, you always had your assholes. Niggas would toss my son on the regular because niggas was telling but I didn't get high back then. I mean, that was getting high in the beginning, but later in my bed, like, I had like a moment of awareness. Like, I was just really getting like to a point of awakeness. Like, I was starting getting awake. So, know who you are. Exactly. I was like, I don't need no motherfucking dog. I don't need that shit, you know what I'm saying? I just started drinking. I started getting the police to bring me liquor. Like, yo, I need some handy or something. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We could fuck with that. What yeah. other shit? So, so that's what it was. So, you know, so I came out the box and um, I, they, they wanted me to go back to the class that they didn't let me in. But I was like, no, I don't want to fuck with them right now because if they're not feeling me, I'm not feeling them. I'll start fresh, which was a good point because it kind of gave me a moment to kind of reflect and clear my mind when I came out the box. So I went to the master's program. I graduated in 98, so you know, I told people my stories from a GED to a master's degree, right? And I did a lot of shit in between. You know, like I said, I ran programs, I created programs just for the betterment of myself. But in that whole process, I've acquired a lot of tools that have been helpful in my transition out here. Like I told people, whatever tools you acquire in prison, put it in your toolbox. Man. So regardless of all the shit that you was doing, all the trouble you was getting into, and all, even the legal shit that you was doing, right. the education was important. Oh, very much it so. It became important. And you realized that shit years later. Like, oh shit, yeah. if I didn't did this... And, and, and got my bachelor's here and, and get this here, then I, I probably would never be so successful now. Yeah, yeah. And that's a great point. Like, I reflect back. Um, you know, I, I mean, right now I'm not unemployed, whatever the case may be, but I'm still blessed. Like I told people, I will not trade my best day in the penitentiary for my worst day in the street. Mm. Because I know, you know, niggas like us, we had good times in prison. You know, I'm not gonna, you know, mm -hmm. people, I'm not gonna say that it, it's not good at all. Let's put it that way. But you meet a lot of good brothers, man. You know what I'm saying? And you, like, prison is a filter where you find out who's who. You find out who's real, right? Do you think it's still like that? No. Well, I'm gonna give you kind of another story because I was just, anyway, but I got so many stories. I was, yeah, yeah bring yeah. it down. So basically, um, I was also teaching for Mercy College. I'm okay. an adjunct professor for Mercy College. Uh, I was teaching in there. And it's funny because, you know, when I went in Let's give it up to my boy Leo, hey, man. man. Yeah, you already bro, know, you, man, man. Coming you, through man. with thank this Thank you for shit. giving me this platform because it needs Absolutely. to be said, Absolutely. This right? is what it's for. This is what you be. So then, um, so now I'm home uh, and uh, they asked me, yo, you want to teach? Mm. I was like, yeah, of course. They wouldn't want to teach at Sing Sing. I was like, God 
damn. I was like, yeah, I could do that. So I go back, and, you know, a lot of young brothers was there, don't know me. But, of course, niggas that still there when I was there. So they was like, you know, yo, what's good to see you? You know, oh, man, like, look at you. You know, I went suited down, you know, change up the whole script, change up the language. And, uh, you know, so by then, a couple of brothers already knew because dudes is coming by, you know, the classroom giving me mad love. Dudes that had it like 25, 30 years, we were like, how you know this dude, you know? So the students started figuring out. So maybe, like, about my second month there, the brothers, some some of the students had asked me, they was like, yo, you ever did a, a bit? Yes, sir. Yes, I did. And I was sitting in that cl- in that chair you were sitting in right there. That changed the whole script because it's like, wow, like, you know, you did all this time in here, but you're coming back here to spend time with us to enlighten us. Like, that shit is powerful. Like, why would you come back? You know, you don't got to come back to That's do this. That's what it is. Choose, right? And it wasn't for the money, right? Because, I mean, even though I was getting a little check, I just did it for because I had a commitment. It was in your heart. It was in my heart because, like I said, that old timer mm-hmm. embedded that to me. And I seen how education transformed my life. Absolutely. Right? Had it not been for that education, I would have been back on the block, keeping it a buck fifty. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't know anything else. I mean, the first time I started working when I came home in 2005. Okay. Keeping it real, right? So, you know, so, 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 so teaching for them was just astronomical, man, because it gave me another platform, right? And, um, you know, and I just continue on my strive. I mean, as we speak right now, I'm pursuing a PhD. Um, you know, I'm really, you know, and my, my topic is... Dog in the yard, love Leo, right, man. man. Just let y'all know, Leo came through yeah, strong. Man. You know, I'm pursuing my PhD. I'm kind of like a little sketchy because, like I said, I'm not working right now. That's so, okay, yeah, though. Yeah. yeah, but I got to kind of find the funds to finish it off because the, the, those colleges are on my ass. But my topic is, is, is a topic that's close to my heart. Uh, two weeks ago... The school allowed us to present our topic to the public, and I had 20 people in my classroom. So doctors came from all different fields. I'm going to say, like, my shit was the hottest shit, bro. So just going to give you my dissertation, my focus for my PhD is dealing with the trauma associated with the prison experience. Mm. And why is that so huge? Because there's a lot of emphasis on brothers, you know, get, getting them jobs, and sisters getting them jobs, getting them, you know, uh, 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 um, you know, prepare for the for the world and all this stuff. But if someone is not wrapped too tight and they're not grounded like we are, then no matter what you put in place, they're not going to succeed. Because the whole trauma, you know, people are, you know, it, it's like I told people, you know, the 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 the, the military when you leave when you leave the military, they have a debriefing process, and it kind of lets you know, you know, if you're feeling this or you're feeling that. Or this happened, these are some coping skills. There's none of that when you when you know. When I left prison, it was like, yo, here's your money, keep it moving. Fuck yeah, out of here. Here you go your $40, right? Yeah, $40. And you keep know? it going. Keep it going, right? Not saying that, yo, like I've been in here 17 motherfucking years. Mm-hmm. When I was when I came, I'm going to keep it a buck. I came home, motherfucking the streets looked like Las Vegas. Yeah. Shit was lit up. I was like, yo, what the fuck? You know, it was crazy. It was crazy, man. It was man. nice looking. Yeah, it was it was it was like, yo, this shit never looked so pretty, you know what I'm saying? But I'm just trying to say because you know, when you're in prison, you're desensitized to colored socialization and all these different True. things. Mm-hmm. And when you come home, and my situation was a little different, and I let the world know, you know, I had a trailer baby, right? So the day I came home, my wife went into the hospital to give birth. So all this shit is fucking just hitting me, you know what so I'm saying? So hold up, hold up, yeah, hold up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you so you was in prison. Right. And so you had trailers. At I one point trailers, you, yeah, you conjugal visits, yeah. Conjugal visits. And you had a and right. your, your wife came out pregnant and, and and she had the baby when two thousand also uh, two thousand five. I came home May second two thousand five. My wife went into labor that day. Wow, what a blessing, Ooh, man! Bro, you don't even know that was my rebirth, right? My baby was born. It was my rebirth, right? Um, wow. and she's fourteen years old today. Honest student, smart, intelligent. Just you like know, her dad. That's right. A smart ass like me too, you know? God bless, man. You, Give man. it up for my boy Leo, man. Yeah. So go ahead, Lee. So yeah, so you know, so that's that. So like I said, I'm pursuing a PhD and um we had a we had a public showing and everybody was kind of really floored because every the whole the feedback that it's needed. Uh, you know, when you're doing a PhD, man, it's just yo, you you read so much, bro, your mind just becomes fucking fried. When I first started doing this course, I couldn't find a lot of information about post-traumatic stress disorder as it relates to the prison experience. But then I've gotten so good in it, man, that I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I just find shit just tan, tan, tan because I'm doing it right. And then, you know, I'm gravitating to all this information. And what I have learned is that a lot of people have said something about it, mm-hmm. but no one's done nothing about it. And people ask me, so what do you want to have done? Well, what I want to have done, I want the Department of Correction to create a process of a debriefing or counseling process so that when people get ready to come home, that's in place. 
They getting prepared. Right. They getting prepared. Don't give me the resume shit and pre. I worked in pre-release. It's bullshit. How to write a resume, you know, how to look for a job. That's bullshit. Show mm-hmm. me when I start, I need to be in the yard because that's what I do. I mean, I've been blessed. I got those that was up top of. I call them, yo, let's walk the yard. Absolutely. I will call we them. still walk the yeah, yard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yo, what's up? What's good? So, you know, I socialize with people who have, have, have a, a similar experience. I don't want to talk to some bozo that you don't know much. You're going to judge me. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And it's funny because being a professional now, some of my colleagues find out that I was incarcerated and they're blown away. You know, I keep the nice suits. I keep the, the language right. And they was like, you, you were in jail? Yeah. A long time. And they're like fucked up. Like I, They were like, wow, you don't look like the type. What does the type look like? Mm-hmm. What's the type? You know, so, so that's what happened. So... So that's my mission, man, to just kind of raise awareness because, you know, the, the live prison experience, over 22,000 people are released from New York State prison annually. Over 600,000 in total in the United States, but my focus is just New York New York State. 22,000 people are released annually. Right. Right? And they say within 36 months, 76% of them come back. Come back Something's wrong here. Yeah. Something's wrong here. So, mm-hmm. you know, so my mission is just to, just to bring awareness, man, to say, you know what, this may not be the cause of it, but it can be the cause of it. Let's put this in place so that we truly investing in this person coming home and they have all the things necessary that they have in place to succeed. So that's where I'm at with that. You know what I'm saying? So, so that's yeah. a great thing, man. I'm happy Thank that you, you're involved with stuff like that because this is the reason I got this show. This show is it's for brothers like us. So you have that platform that whenever you're ready to come up here, this is your house. Thank you, man. Like, Appreciate it. I could go, I'm going, I'm going to the show. Dog in the yard, I got to promote this because I'm doing this for the, you know, this is what's going to help. Right. You know, those brothers is coming home and whatever you, we here for you guys. You know Thank what I'm saying? And I want you to know that, you know, it's an honor having you here, man, because you, I know you for a long time, yeah, brother, yeah. man. And, you know, and it's good to see that you're here and you, you're in great health and you, your, your state, you know, your state as far as your mind, you know, what you got what you got going on is great, man. You know what I'm thank saying? You, I, you, I know that you're working with the uh, HIV. Uh, right. So basically, tell us a little bit right, about so that. So when I first came home, uh, when I was away, I said I was working with the PACE program, working with the HIV and AIDS community. And when I came home in 2005, there was an agency by the name of PSI. And, uh, you know, I came in on a level entry position and it was just really... Connecting people, they have something years ago called Cobra Case Management, and the and the, and the the theory was is that if someone has the virus and they're not really involved in their medical care, having a team involved that's gonna remind them or remind them about appointments, taking them to appointments, helping them with the housing, advocating for them on any level, housing, legal, or whatever the case may be, that's gonna increase the quality of their life. Mm-hmm. It was one of the greatest programs that I think New York State ever had, so I was a part of that. So I started doing that, you know, learning learning up, upstate really was a blessing for me because I, I became that, I was the, the go-to guy in my agency when it came to HIV mm. medication. I was doing all the trainings for my agency, HIV medications, housing and all this stuff. And that process, I did also acclimated myself with other things surrounding uh, uh, the things pertaining, they have, you know, when someone in uh, New York, they have a particular branch of, of HRA, Human Resources Administration, they have something called HASA. And okay. that's really geared towards persons who are, who are positive, whatever the case may be. So I kind of familiarized myself with all those different entities that were involved helping these persons. So I got involved with that. Um, then in, when was it? In 2007, 2008, the face of HIV started changing, right? And service were being cut down. And then in 2014, they qualified HIV as no longer a chronic condition, but a manageable condition. Manageable in the way, say, like diabetes. You, you know, can live with it. You can live with it. And this is this is this is this is the the powers that be position. But at the end of the day, people are still getting infected, right? People are still dying. People are still dying. Exactly. Correct. I, you know, I, I I I check the prevalence rates all the time, and I, I don't see zero. Zero deaths no more. I still see the the the, the 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 transmission. It's still continuous, right? So you know, with that being said, there was a lot of funding called um, cut out. So I'm not directly involved with the HIV and AIDS population, even though I still take granted to what's happening because you know people do call me up for things. Listen, what's going on with this? You want to do a presentation? I was also doing presentations like on medical health, like you know hepatitis, okay, HIV, uh, uh, just wellness and, and, and things of that nature, diabetes. Just kind of really kind of grounded because you got to kind of expand yourself. We just can't you know stay focused on one thing. So I was doing a lot of that, right? And then um, from there, <clears throat> that with that one agency, then uh. 
I was working for another agency, same thing for HIV and AIDS. I was running two grant-funded programs, one for women and one for men, that really kind of surfaced on doing outreach and education in the community, health education. I would do events, I would do uh, uh, going back to school activities and okay. things like that. So just really kind of, you know, raising awareness. I did a book drive one time, not a book drive, but going back to school drive in 2015. It was great because what happens when you do these, these, these uh, school back events, all the major pharmacies and all the major stores, they all want to get involved with you. They all want to write people in. So yeah. everyone that was involved had to come to me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're not going to write no names down. I need like a thousand bags and I need, you know, X, Y, Z. If you can't come for that, because let me tell you, the, this is the, the, the community up, up on our prospect on 163rd, 165th. They had the lowest poverty rate. The average poverty rate in New York is like 18,000. Their poverty rate was 9,000 per family of three. That's mm. sad. That's yeah, sad. Super sad. Super sad. Because mm-hmm. they're not even, they're not even at, the, at, at, the, at the regular poverty rate. They're two times below. So when I seen that, I was like, nah, anybody that's going to participate in this book drive, they got to come with their hands open. You're not taking nobody's name down. You're not going to, you know, you could bring your banners and, you know, what company you're with, but you're going to come here to truly support this community. And it was a hit, man. Everybody came, gave bags, book bags, or books and stuff like that. So, you know, I do stuff like that. You know, I haven't, that's when I was with that company. So then after that, what did I do next? Oh, I went to work for a, a, a Fed cat. They're basically, I was a clinical administrator for this program, and they're, we're basically responsible with contracting with the city and doing medical and mental health assessments for those that were pursuing HRA services. I've seen a lot of brothers coming up top, coming to the clinic and stuff like that, because right. it's not like it was back in the days. Now you have to kind of really show, like, if you can't work, why? Right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, so I ran that clinic for like four years, and then we lost the contract. Then after that, I went to work to Rackers Island. So going back to the original question, how is it different, right? Going back. Going back, but Rackers Island... Not jail, bro. bro. you know, to help. Yeah, right. And, you know, Rackers Island and is a mess. When we was there, it was a mess, bro. It's more of a mess than anything. One thing that I noticed, and I don't... Why? Why? Because they have segregated the different groups. So, you know... Like what? So the Bloods, the Crips... Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Let's put it out there. So, you know... This did not work in California. This did not work in Texas. This did not work anywhere. When you take a particular group of people and they're thinking the same thing and you segregate them to be together and think that you're weakening them, you're not weakening them, you're making them stronger. Absolutely. Right? Because at the end of the day, I'm a part of that tentacle. I go somewhere else, then I'm just going to breed and grow, right? Mm-hmm. So that's what it is. The officers, are feeling, the officers are feeding into the mindset of that whole mentality. And it's sad, but then being a civilian, I really couldn't say anything. So I was teaching something called... The SMART program it stands for Specialized Module Adult Readiness Training. It's also a cognitive therapy program okay. where they're trying to help these young men, you know, and women. Well, they don't have it in the women's facility, just primarily the men, to give them a different way of looking at life. So we have modules anywhere. I think it's like 13. It's probably up to like 20 modules now that we talked about different life skills. Okay. With that being said, once they complete a certain portions, then they get certified for OSHA. And when they were released, then when they go to to the office, then they help them get a job and retrain them and stuff like that. So I did that for a while. I did that for about four or five months, you know? Okay. <clears throat> but I mean, it was really impactful. So the, 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 the experience as far as going back to Rikers Island, just to do that, it was just like, wow, blowing. Yeah, that, that was mind-blowing. I mean, I made a lot of success. Uh, so basically, per contract, we have to have 21 percent participation rate because this right. is the way they get the bread, right? They got to make generate these reports. Uh-huh. And basically, in one unit, I was 68% participation rate. In the other unit, I was 28, 30% participation rate. So I was killing shit, you know what I'm saying? Because I wasn't shy of sharing my story, right? Sometimes we have to disclose to kind of bring people to the next point. I still have um, people calling me today. Dude just came home. He, he called one of my old colleagues. Listen, can I get, you know, Mr. Diaz number, whatever the case may be, because I want to go to college. Give him that. Yeah. Of course, give him that. I ain't got no problem with that. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, so I had a lot of successes, right? I mean, I had houses that, you know, weren't participating. And then my boss asked me one time, he was like, yo, like, how how do you get this dude to, to participate? Right? So I said, well, you know, I'm going to give it to you. I see who it is and real recognize real. I see who the big homie is. I kick it with him and I tell him what my intention is. You know the real. That's it. And when, you know, I tell him what it is. And, you know, when I'm talking to him, everybody want to come and listen. Can't deny the real. That's it. Give you a story. So one time, 
this kid disrespected me, right? Cursed me the fuck out. I was like, this nigga don't even know. But then I had to check myself because I'm a civilian, right? Yeah. I let it be. So I didn't see homie for like about four or five days. When I went back, I knew the, I knew the brothers had talked to him. Homeboy came apologizing to me in tears. Yo, I'm sorry, man. You a good dude. You come in here, you know, and impart with us, and you did your time, and for you to come back, da 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 da, like that's admirable. Which is all love. Yeah. So you know, but I, I know that the home is like when I when he was cursing, when I seen the dudes just looking at him. The message got across. Exactly. It doesn't matter how it happened. Yeah. yeah exactly. So you know, so that was powerful. You know. So Leo, let me ask yeah. you. Um, what you think about um uh 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 jail uh uh. Uh, reform. What you think about jail reform? Oh man, that's 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 that. You know that's that's all the celebrities getting involved. You, you know, know what? That's we getting thing. involved. We get, well, you, you know, know what? what I'm saying? It, it's a great thing, but you have to kind of pick and choose your battles, right? Mm. Now it's become glamorous and it's romanticizing the fact that a celebrity gets involved and they get somebody else, which I'm all for, right? But at the end of the day, you got to pick a particular top of that. This solitary confinement shit. You know, this is harsh. You put someone in there, they become com- completely desensitized to the world around them, then you expect this person to come out and, and be a success. Or you send them back into population and they stab shit up or they kill shit up and you expect them to be a success. Do you know the psychological torture that this person has went through? You know, locking up a kid that just came out with a study that a child's brain, a young man's brain is still developing up to 24 years. Mm. Now you go ahead and you 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 incarcerate him. You lock him up you in the box. You lock him up in the box. They say choose special housing exactly. unit. Exactly. How do you think that he's gonna come out of there? Why do you think the level of trauma is so? You know, because I came out nuts. Yeah. Listen, I I, <laughs> I mean, I just I'm 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 saved, man. This shit's for real, man. Yeah, I came man. out worse. Yeah. You know, and that's another thing. That's that's one of my one of my main missions in life is to help shed the falsehood that we concede that we believe in the hood or these kids believe in the hood that the right of way to pass you through manhood is through incarceration I bought that I couldn't wait to go to Rikers I couldn't wait to go to Spafford yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying because it was going to get my weight up get my cloud up but at the end of the day that's false thinking and that's the truth's fault true because on top of you being you know a person of color Spanish, black, whatever the case may be. We all the same. We all the same because we all African. I, I truly believe that because you know, Absolutely. it's in my music. If you know your history. It's, it's in my music. It's in my food. You can't deny. It. I don't give a fuck. But anyway, so with that being said, now you're a person of color, and now you get a felony. Yeah, that's not going to help you, and basically that stagnates your growth. So what I try to do with these young men, like right now, <clears throat> I'm working with this great organization, doing some some consulting stuff with them. <clears throat> Today I was in the court juvenile court right just working with the families and stuff like that helping them deal with whatever that they're going through and you know this 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 agency focuses on working with families who had children who are possibly at risk of being caught up in the criminal justice system we try to avoid that whole process so you know I try to do a lot of things with the community man yeah anything that we could if we could have any of them people that they yeah. could come through here and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. That'll be that'll be great. So have any yeah. of the people you know just to give it a little light yeah, yeah, for definitely. the world to see that you know we're trying to help the youth because this show is it's for the youth. It's, right. for, it's for them to realize that we were just in banging out and stabbing people and getting in trouble in jail. That at the same time, it's a learning experience yeah. that they don't have to go through this. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So this is the reason we got the dog in the yard so we can have that chat. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying. You know how you feel about shows like this? Is it one for oh, the it's, youth? It, it, it's great, man. I love it. You know, I see some stuff on I see some stuff on YouTube, and I'm a motherfucker. I ain't gonna call niggas out, but they trying to straight lies, and I be like, dude, like. That was not like that. True. That was not like that. If you had a problem getting on the phone, then you was a derelict. What we used to call a derelict back then. Absolutely. If you had a problem getting on the phone mm. back in the 80s, you was a fucking derelict, bro. Because any nigga that I knew that it was about it, black, Spanish, whatever the case may be, they had that. And I hear these dudes about, you know, being oppressed. And yeah, that probably happened later. But in the roots of it didn't happen like that. You know? And I'd be like, why what you was that? See- Tell me that again. You know, dudes getting on these different channels talking about that it was about oppression and this race, race of group oppressing this race group and vice versa. And, you know, we couldn't get on the phone and it was like that. And I was like, well, you know, and I know these dudes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not true. Tell the real story. You know, you're always running around here. Some of y'all robbing shit up, getting mad enemies, and you had to put a fort in front of you. Keep it a buck. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? But I don't, you know, I let them live because that's their reality. Or, you know, Absolutely. A, 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 a tainted reality or whatever the case may be. But, you know, you need to just really kind of put it out there the way it's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, because there's no other way. You know? Absolutely. Well, Leo, listen, man. I want to just thank you, man. First and foremost, man, it was happy to see you. I haven't seen Likewise, you in fucking 100 years. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? 
you know, let's reflect our back on that picture, man. Wow. We was young fucking kids, all innocent the fuck out, but nothing. We didn't really know shit, but nothing, just bro. We thought we, we knew. <laughs> we thought we knew everything and all that. At the end of the day, we didn't know shit. That's right. We was getting ready to do a thousand years in jail. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But it's great to have you, man, Thank on my you show, for man. Me. You know what I mean? Man. Welcome to the dog in the yard, man. That's my nigga Leo, man. Let's give it up, for my brother, man. Up, I haven't man. seen Thank him in a hundred years, man. <laughs> doing out there the right thing for everybody That's out there. I want to thank my brother Leo for coming through. BX Borough, you already know, 183rd. Uh, Leo been home since 2005, people. He's out here doing this thing. He's helping people out. Uh, he's helping the youth out. He's in a bunch of programs, as you can see. And he's out here helping a bunch of people with HIV. I mean, like, what else could we say, man? But all blessings to Leo, man. And thank you so much for being on my show, man. You already know, it's your boy Pistol Pete. Y'all talk.